Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Tonight on the Bear Debate, we have four hot topics. Tevin Jenkins' future. Is it in Chicago or elsewhere? Undrafted rookie linebacker Jack Sanborn. Second stringer or a rising star? Who wins the final two wide receiver slots? And did you see any progression from Justin Fields? Our debaters, Swift from the Swift Sports Network. And Mr. Shorty from the Bears Country Podcast. Get ready to rumble. This is the Bear Debate. baby what is happening welcome to the bear debate my name is aldo gandia and i get fired up when i listen to that music and i'm fired up too because we've got two great guests to talk about chicago bears football maybe get a little debate going maybe get a little fire going maybe get some uh some friction because we need uh we need the, to have these tense conversations and if those guys disagree it'll be fun and if they don't uh, if they uh, elect to agree on stuff, I'm going to try to throw some fire in the wood and get them to fight with me. <laughs> That's how we play the game here. Let me welcome them in one at a time. Let's start with Mr. Swift. How are you, brother? How, how's it going? Yo, it's great to be here, man. First time on the show. Uh, I've been watching for a while. Good friend of Jordan's. Uh, he's He's really got me watching the show a lot. I love it here, man. Couldn't be uh, happier. Thank you very much, man. And uh, you're uh, Swift. Sports Network is outstanding. The video work that you guys do, that you do, uh, is just really high quality. And I encourage everyone to visit Swift Sports Network uh, here on YouTube. Really well done stuff, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Let's uh, bring in somebody else. You're a debate uh, debater here. And he is Mr. Shorty of the Bears Country Podcast. Mr. Shorty, how are you, brother? Uh, Although I'm excellent. Thank you. I, I just want to say this is an honor to be on here with you. I'm a, I'm, I mean, I, I don't like to gut, you know, you probably don't like be, to be gushed over, but I, I'm yes, a I huge do. fan of you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to fucking gush over you then. You're a, I'm a huge fan of yours. It's nice to be on here with you. And I, I'm just honored that you invited me to be on this show with you. Really. It's uh, just a big fan and I'm excited for tonight. Yeah. It's also, it's also great to meet Swifty too. Yeah. This is the first time you guys have met, although you have talked with one another, right? Yes, Correct. sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Now, before we get to our first debate question, I'd like to get your thoughts on Saturday's preseason game. And just in general, tell me, you know, what did you think about the performance overall by the team? What was the perhaps the number one thing that you'd like to you know, share your thoughts with regarding that Bears Chiefs preseason opener? I'll start with you, Mr. Shorty. Well, I know I know it's just a preseason game, but considering it's the it's a new regime, it's a new head coach, you know, it's everything's brand new, new general manager. The fact that they were able to come out and get a win in the in Eberflus's first appearance as a head coach does mean something. It's going to help to move the team forward in a positive manner. You, what if they went out there and lost thirty-five to zip, even though it's a, a preseason game? There's there still would be some, you know everyone would be kind of down and they'd be like trying to figure out how to get better, but we squeaked out a win. 
19 to 14. And even though we didn't get any scores from the first team offense, it sure was nice for me personally to see that we got what two different scores out of our, we got two scores out of our second string and two scores out of our third string Mm -hmm. enough to win the game. It was a 19 to seven as far as, Second string, third string against second string, third string. Mm-hmm. And I know, again, it's just preseason, but that kind of does go, it, it's, it means something a little bit, right? Absolutely. It's, it's better than stinking up the joint, you know? Uh, uh, roses smell a lot better than shit, right, Swift? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. A hundred percent. My point on this that I would add is just the, the overall hustle, uh, the hustle and the discipline is something that the coaches have preached about all offseason. And to me, it's really refreshing when the things the coaches talk about all offseason, you actually see translate on the field. And right. it's something we didn't see a lot in the Nagy era and all that. And that, that gives me confidence in the coaches that what they tell us they're doing, they're actually doing, and we're going to see it on the field. And I love that. There was so much hustle. They were trying to punch the ball out. We did create turnovers and we fought to the whistle. We we actually outworked the Chiefs, and, mm-hmm. and a, it's just a preseason game. But hey, you gotta love to see that. Yeah. If, if I if I may add one more yes. little dumb Mr. Shorty thing is, <laughs> I loved how Eberflus, he just looks like a head coach to me. Like he's wearing that Bears you know uh, coach hat. He just he just had this aura. He exuberated. Bears head coach to me. And that's another thing I noticed that just kind of pumped me up. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I was listening to Brad Biggs this morning do his hit on uh, the Score Sports Radio in Chicago. And uh, he talked about, along with David Hall and uh, uh, Mike Mulligan, they talked about how the team looked professional. You know, there weren't any mistakes. There wasn't any, the plays were coming in on time. Uh, Iberflus had a successful challenge. It was like, if it felt like a well-oiled machine and that's pretty incredible given that this was the first preseason game for everyone on that staff and the first head coaching assignment for Iberflus and on and on. It was, it was fantastic. And then listening to uh, Luke Getze today, and his approach to the to how he's coaching up his quarterback and how he's building this offense, it really leaves you with a a, 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 a mark of hope for for finally after years of not having hope in this town. So I am really psyched, man. Me too. I, the, the fact that he got he's one for one now on his on his red flags. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean that all <laughs> positives, right? Let's keep track of those. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to our first topic. All right, fellas, you guys uh, set and ready to rumble? Ready to rumble. Let's uh, do this. Here it comes. One of the most effective ways to quickly build a competitive football team is to hit on your day one and day two draft picks. In this case, that includes the holdovers from the Ryan Pace regime. Kevin, how you doing, okay. man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Hey, man. You excited to be a Chicago yeah, Bear? Yeah, very excited, yeah. Enter Tevin Jenkins. A 2021 second-round pick was considered a steal by most draft experts. But the enigmatic lineman has sustained injuries, and there are rumors of questionable behavior. On Saturday, Jenkins had 18 pass-blocking snaps and allowed two pressures. It wasn't a sterling performance, but there's clearly talent there. The concern is, does Tevin Jenkins make this team with tackles Riley Reef, 
Larry Borum, and emerging rookie Braxton Jones on the squad? Or is Ryan Poles feverishly working the phones to salvage a draft pick or a player of comparable value? Each of you has 60 seconds to evaluate Jenkins and offer a plan for Jenkins' future with the Bears, if there is one. We begin with you, Mr. Shorty. Well, first off, I would say that rumors are rumors, right? They're just that. So the fact that he hasn't been traded yet, the fact that he's still on the team, I think says something. So he was playing a lot of second and third string in this game. But I have a list here. I went through every single play that Tevin Jenkins played. There was 23 plays in the game. I actually did this for Bears Country Podcast, but it's also going to work really well for this. Here's my sheet. And I, I graded them by stars, negatives, or neutrals. And there was 18, there was 23 plays. Out, out of those 23 plays, 18 of them I marked as a star. Three of them I marked as a negative. Two of them I marked as a neutral. So for me, there is no way that they're trading this guy. But he, he's he's to me he's performed well enough in that game that they have to continue to give him a look. He's only in his second year. If they trade him now, that's going to be a big mistake, and he's going to have Chicago pretty pissed off and coming out of the gates uh, in, in bad favor with the fans. Swift, take it away. You're muted. <laughs> My bad. I love Tevin Jenkins. I think he has as much potential as anyone on this line. I don't really care where he plays, but I've heard a lot of more respected scouts say they prefer Tevin Jenkins at guard. Most interesting aspect of it all for me is his relative athletic score. He scored a 9.97 RAS when measured at guard. He's very athletic either way, but when you move him to guard, all of a sudden his athleticism is comparable to a guy like Quentin Nelson. To me, it's on the coaching staff to get the most out of Tev, no matter where that is on the line. I think it's very important that they don't give up on him, though. He's simply too talented and has too much potential. For me, he has to be a part of this line. I think he's one of the best five guys on the line and should end up winning that starting right guard job. He's just simply too good to not make the roster. This is why these guys host podcasts and and have their own shows. And I sought them out for this show. I mean, they came prepared with good arguments, outstanding work, guys. And I want to add to that your assessments on Jenkins. There was a tweet sent out by Brandon Thorne today, and he basically did the same thing uh, Mr. Shorty did. He broke down the video. And if you take a look at this video, I mean – uh, uh, this kid looks really, really good. So those stars that you uh, handed out, Mr. Shorty, those yes. were well-deserved, weren't they? Yes, I agree. Yes. I went through every single play. And the, the, the neutrals were some plays that um, maybe he he might have done something wrong. Like one of them was he he got bull rushed, but there was a, a, a safety blitz from the opposite side on Borum's side. And that wasn't actually Borum didn't even pick him up. It was somebody else that missed the block. So in that case, I gave him a neutral, but he, even though he got bull rushed, he didn't get bull rushed. The quarterback didn't get sacked because of him. There was no sacks allowed. And there's another thing about him. He didn't cause Nathan Peterman to throw an interception. I think that means a lot. Yep. Nathan Peterman likes to throw interceptions. If he's not, if he's not collapsing, if the pocket, if the pocket's not getting collapsed around him because of Tevin Jenkins causing him to get rid of the ball too quickly and throw an interception, that means he did Nathan Peterman well. Mm -hmm. 
What do you think, Swift, of the stories regarding character issues? I mean, there was speculation that he likes to drink a lot of beer, that he was having issues with his offensive coach. Now, he's denied all that stuff, but is there a red flag there for you? Uh, to me, not a red flag, but he is young. So you have to take it. This guy, it's, it is very possible that he is still immature. But to me, you don't give up on a guy like that that, you, that was just drafted the year before. You try to coach that out of him and help get him mature. And maybe that's what happened when he had a week where he didn't practice because the coaches didn't want to talk about it. They didn't tell us it was a specific injury. I kind of took it as maybe it was a weight thing, but it could have also been an attitude like where they're like, hey, Larry Borum has said 320. Larry Borum played at 335 last year, and he said multiple times this year he's been under 320 because that's where the coaches wanted him. Tev, when he came back to camp, and actually spoke to us and actually got a chance to talk to media, said he was at 321.3. So he was still a pound over, and that's when he said, I'll be ready in a day or two. And that's when I was like, it's weight. And there was something there that Tev, he thought maybe, yo, you know what? I play better at this weight, and I came in at this weight, didn't think it'd be a big deal. He could drop a couple pounds, and the coaching staff was like, nah, you get to the weight we told you to, or you don't play. If I, if I can just add to the immaturity thing you were talking about, Eldo, you know, when anyone loses their mother at that young of an age, mm. I can imagine that's going to add to some immaturity issues. You're going to have a little bit of a hard time growing up because you're going to be dealing with the pain and suffering from that. And it might cause you to do some shit you might not otherwise do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by the way, uh, I just want to do a shout out again to Brandon Thorne. He was the one that uh, cut that tape together with the highlights on Tevin Jenkins. I actually had a video with Thorne's name on it, but I downloaded the wrong one. Uh -huh. So um, the, the other thing before we move on from Tevin Jenkins is the idea of him playing that guard position. I know Danny Shimon here at the Barroom Network, when he scouted Tevin Jenkins, he said he, this guy is absolutely a guard. Now, he uh, Jordan doesn't agree with him. But uh, today at practice, Jenkins got his first look at that right guard position, and this is uh, 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 Coach Getze commenting on it. The one thing that in our system, I think I've said this before, is the guards get stressed mentally more than tackles do in this system. And so he's someone that can, that's, you know, that's the strength of his game. And so we want to try that and see, uh, see what that looks like with, within uh, what we're trying to get done. Guys, he's going to be the starting right guard. <laughs> yeah, that's now we can disagree. I don't think he's a guard. Okay, I, I, I can agree with Jordan on that. I think he's a right tackle. Okay, I think he's I think he's too tall and lanky for the guard position. Mm -hmm. What See, do you? I'll, I'll disagree there. See, I think he has the potential where he can play tackle. I think he's good enough. He can be a right tackle. But I'm I'm under the impression where I think he's a guy where you move him to right guard and he's even better. Because his arm length is no longer a problem, and his power in the run game and his um, his ability to generate push off the line in that run game, yeah, exactly what Ravi's saying there. He mauls people. He's going to maul them off the line, and I think he could be an All Pro guard even. And I don't, I don't know if he has that upside at tackle. I have always wanted to say he does, but to me, I know he does at guard. When I look at him at guard, I'm like, this guy can just straight maul people at guard. Mm. Maybe I'm you wrong. You want to counter that, but Mr. Shorty? Uh, no, I like I like everything you said. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, I'll we'll tell find you. Out. We're uh, gonna find out. I know yeah. that much. 
I, I really hope we get to see him at the guard position uh, on Thursday night's game. And I hope uh, that Larry Borum gets a look at uh, at the guard position too. I, the, too. Both those guys came out of college and then our our uh, coverage here, Danny and Neil Stopchinski on the Draft on Tap show said those guys are better suited for guard position. And there was a lot of disagreement in the chat room, but we'll see where they end up. Uh, but I think, uh, I agree with both of you guys. Let's not give up on Tevin Jenkins. There's just so much to work with there from a talent perspective. If you really are convinced that he's not a head case and that he can be trusted with the responsibility, then let's uh, let's plug and play him. Let's go, man. Yeah, maybe the shorter arms do does translate to guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he has the, the the thing is his arms are slightly longer than Larry Borum. So yeah. I, I always I never want to go a hundred percent that it's the arms because if they're leaving Borum at tackle, then it can't just be the arms, but maybe right. it's the body type or something with Tevin. But he does look like he looks like a guard sometime. When when you saw him on the line there, he kind of looked like a natural fit at right guard today with those other guys. Mm. Does anybody uh disagree with Laz's comment here? Mustafer is an end. End of the bench. <laughs> Any must Sam Mustafer lovers here? <laughs> Not here. I'll tell you one thing about Sam Mustafer. I really like the guy. You know, uh, last, when he came in and he, he started uh, because of injury situations, it was a disaster. Uh, and he came in, he showed such great leadership, leadership traits that at a meeting, Uh, The players spontaneously applauded for him because of the way he stood up and called the signals. He was well prepared. Athletically, yeah, he's he's not a uh, a a quality offensive lineman, but he plays with a lot of heart and a lot of smarts, and that I respect a lot out of Mustafer. I think the Mustafer love comes a lot from the undrafted uh, free agent position, and everyone, you know, we, we all love in Chicago. We all love two things. We want to see any homegrown talent that's born and raised in Illinois. We want them to succeed as a bear if they make the team. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I completely lost my train of thought. Sorry. I was going to say that he's an undrafted free agent. So, so everyone's just pulling for him because they want to see him do well. But mm-hmm. you know, the end result is, is that it's just, it's not translating to the field. Mm. All right, guys, let's uh, speaking of love, I want to gauge your love for this uh, next player that we're going to talk about in this topic. Here we go. Chicago area product Jack Sanborn had displayed a tenacity in practices that helped produce a player of the game performance on Saturday. The former Wisconsin Badger had an interception that he returned 13 yards and later recovered a fumble. Each turnover resulted in points for the Bears offense. Sanborn finished with five tackles, including one for a loss and two special teams tackles, an interception, and a fumble recovery. But we must remember that Sanborn was an undrafted player for a reason. Draft analysts all said the same thing about him prior to the draft. Sanborn lacks the length and athleticism desired of an NFL linebacker. Choose the statement that best represents your thinking of Jack Sanborn. With all due respect, Sanborn is John Timu. Looks like Tarzan against second teamers. Plays like Jane versus starters. 
Sanborn brings toughness and play recognition ability that could develop into an instant contributor on a linebacker needy football team. Stash Sanborn into the practice squad. His value will never be higher than that of a valued scout team member. This time it's Swift leading us off. Perfect. To me, it's easily the second one here. I think he brings the toughness and play recognition play recognition ability that could develop into an instant contributor on a linebacker needy football team. Um, he's tough. He has that play recognition ability. I think he's at least a valuable backup and a special teams contributor. I talked in April about how I think he has a great chance to make the rock to make the roster. He's a fundamentally sound player with great awareness and great tackling ability. If he can force turnovers like he did in his first preseason action, he has a chance to not only make the roster, but make an impact and stick around for a long time. As always, you never want to overreact from just one preseason performance, but he was he had a lot of production and ability in college too. I think he has enough talent to stick around and possibly make an impact. I like Jack Sanborn. He makes the roster for me. Take it away. I, I we're supposed to disagree here, right? Uh, I, uh, I, 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 I'm picking answer answer number two, as well. Brings a toughness, play recognition, ability that could help develop into an instant contributor at linebacker on a linebacker needy team. Uh, listen, th this kid can flat out ball, right? You know when you're looking at a guy who is just a fucking baller. Somebody that's always he has, the, he, has the, the, he has the football IQ, the instincts, the awareness, the feel for the game. Plus, he's a fucking bear from Lake Zurich, right? The kid's going to not only is he going to be a fan favorite because of that, but because of, he grew up a Bears fan like all of us. Can you imagine playing for the Bears? For me, I definitely think he's going to make the team. And I definitely think he can eke his way into the starting Sam linebacker position, considering they're not going to be playing Sam all that much. I think he's going to make the team, and I think he's going to be good for quite a while. Ooh, the love affair for Jack Sanborn. Everybody's is... loving Jack Sanborn right now. How can you even <laughs> ask that question? I know. <laughs> well, um, here's here's an interesting way to look at it. Would you start Sanborn if the season had to start Thursday, game one? Would you start Sanborn at that Sam linebacker position over Adams? who comes from that system that Williams is coaching and uh, Eberflus is coaching, or uh, are, are you going to start the rookie over Adams, an experienced player like that? Who are you asking me or Swifty? Yeah, I'll let you go the first this time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, if he, if he continues, to, I know he's playing against second and third string, but if he continues to play like this in like, let's say the next game, I think that they don't have a choice but to start him at Sam in the final game just to see what he does against the starters, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I I would not rule out that it's quite possible that he could – what the hell did Matt Adams do in that game? Did you see – nobody's talking about Matt Adams right now. Mm -hmm. And I know it's second and third string, but to all the things we both talked about, the football IQ, the instincts, the awareness, the feel for the game. He's hes one of those guys that's always around the fucking ball. I mean, those are the kinds of guys that stand out. You see him all – when you see him flying to the ball, they're almost on every single play. He gets an interception. I think he was playing Mike on that, but he got an interception. He got the fumble recovery. So many other plays, special teams he shows up. 
I mean, the kid's just a baller, and I think there has to be a lot to be said for that. You know, like we talk about people that run a good 4-3 or people that have good football speed. You know, it's kind of like the same thing. He's a baller. He's just a baller. And to me, he's going to end up standing out in every game that he's playing in, in some way or another. Swift? Um, yeah, I, th- I think honestly it would depend on if Roquan was there or not. Like if Roquan plays Thursday, obviously he's your will. And then you got Nicholas Morrow as the mic. And then I would probably put Matt Adams at the Sam just because he has more experience in the system. But there's no way that Sanborn doesn't make the team to me without Roquan. I think right now, maybe I would move Morrow over to the to the will and mm-hmm. I would keep uh, Jack Sanborn, maybe move him up as our starting Mike. Because mm-hmm. he looked good playing that Mike position. He did. I, I know the Sam is what everybody initially thought he would play, but I like what the coaches saw here. He looked like he had natural instincts for that Mike position. Obviously, he's not as athletic as a Brian Erlacher, but he looks like he brings those kind of skills where he can cover the middle of the field and be a reliable tackler. If he can force turnovers too, like, hey, he could be a starter for sure. See what my I, hate, I, I hate to agree, but I, I agree. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Agreeing is okay. We got no problem with agreeing, but they're a good fight once in a while. Well, maybe we'll get one later. But Jordan says he's got Sam position versatility with the ability to fit Mike for run fits. Good mugged blitzer doesn't want don't want him covering too much. Right. And that is the problem. I mean, this is a passing league now. And that was Nick Kwiatkowski, who's the the most uh the, the biggest comp that I see. Kwiatkowski was burned on crossing patterns. He is just not a sideline-to-sideline type of linebacker, and so that's going to be the next test for this guy uh, when he gets out there. You know that teams are going to try to exploit the fact that he doesn't have that athleticism and that, as Adeptus pointed out in the chat, that he's got those T-Rex long arms. And um, so he's got these challenges for him. Now, I, I, I agree with analysts like Jordan who say when you've got fantastic instincts, you can overcome some of those physical traits. You know, we all know that Jordan loved that uh, cornerback, <laughs> that little cornerback with the short arms out of Kentucky. The yeah. No. <laughs> so um, I, you know, I'm I'm skeptical that he can become a starting linebacker, just like I was skeptical of Nick Kwiatkowski. There were a lot of tears shed when Nick Kwiatkowski went to the Raiders. I don't think people are crying much about Nick Kwiatkowski anymore. He's had a lot of injury problems. He's had some fine moments uh, when he played out with the Raiders, but as a as a consistent, you know, Roquan-style linebacker, nowhere near it. And that's what you need in today's NFL Roquan style linebackers. Did I change your minds? Anyone? <laughs> no, because that's what I wouldn't give him the starting job initially. Obviously, I just think he might have the skill to be that guy. And our linebacking crew right now is honestly not that strong. Our linebacker core, especially without Roquan, is right. probably one of the weakest on our team. So we need Roquan out there. If Roquan's out there, it changes things up. But um, he's at least a valuable special teams contributor who can fill in like Kwiatkowski did. Mm-hmm. He was never, uh, he never meant to be the starter for us, but he always ended up filling in because someone got injured. Hmm. 
Look at this renewable and rechargeable reviews saying Shane McLennan has a Super Bowl ring. Anything is possible in this world. <laughs> when am I going to get my ring? <laughs> <laughs> Let's stay on the topic of linebackers and this whole Roquan Smith situation because now today we learned that somebody has been calling up teams and saying that they represent Roquan Smith and they're trying to find out from teams what the Bears can get in a trade for him. This thing is looking like a total – uh, garbage fire. Roquan needs to get an agent and he needs to get it right. Now the, the Bears hold all the cards in terms of negotiations, but Roquan could be stubborn and sit things out. I'll start with you, Swift. What What's your level of concern regarding Roquan Smith's immediate future with the Chicago Bears? Is he going to play this season? Is he going to hold out? What's going to What's going to happen? No, normally with these things, I'm the type of guy that says just have patience. The guy's never set out. And that's kind of how I've been with Roquan through this whole thing, because throughout the NFL history, it's very rare that someone actually sets out once the game start playing because they miss so much money. They start losing their game checks and they're like, okay, is this really worth it? And the one guy who did was Le'Veon Bell. And we all know that didn't end up working too well for him. He went to the New York jets, wasn't wanted there. Career's pretty much over after that. So the me, do I think, he can set out a whole year. I don't see it because he's still not a free agent. If he does, we would still have him as a restricted free agent. What does he gain to me? I see no way he actually sets out, but this whole thing is just, it's becoming borderline ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. he's got people calling teams for him. That's he can get him in trouble for tampering. Like Roquan right now, like you need to grow up and hire an agent and get this deal done and get back on the field is my take on it. Shorty, I was worried about this from the beginning because of his rookie contract. He held out too because he didn't have a agent. And you know, we've talked about this on several different podcasts that this was going to be a worry him going into the season without having an agent. And you know, gosh, if it, if it really is his mother that's 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 doing those agents for him, then you know, where does she get in the context from the to call different teams about this stuff? You know, they, they, she doesn't have the ins that an agent does. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, to Swift's point, I don't, if he sits out the season, he's going to he might ruin his career out of that. Like, good point with Le'Veon Bell. He went downhill after that. He was never the same. And we all know how awesome he was before that. So, I, I mean, it's not going to do him any good by sitting out. Um, it's it's I don't see him getting traded because, like you said, Aldo, they, they hold the upper hand. They can still franchise tag him after this year. His best bet is just to get out there and start playing. He's, he's still making a lot of money on this final year of his contract. And, yeah, if he gets franchised, it'll piss him off. But it'll still be in the top 5% of the, the linebackers in the NFL next season anyway. So long term, I think this will get done with the Bears. This is all just a ploy to try and light a fire under everyone's asses and keep it going to, to keep it so that something gets done, I think. Yeah, and then one quick point um, to the people who say, like, the situation's too far gone. Um, although I know you'll remember this for sure. You too uh, – and Lance Briggs, you guys, you guys remember that situation with Lance oh, Briggs? Yeah. He actually yeah. had gotten so far with the tampering that there were reports he had agreed to a deal with the 49ers mm-hmm. before free agency started. And fans were like, oh, we don't ever want to see people were burning Briggs jerseys on Facebook. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, he resigned and everybody forgot. Like, no one even remembers that story for the most part now. So mm-hmm. right? we'll forget if he resigns. And that's the it, biggest deal. The fans wasn't care. Wasn't it right for that that his Lamborghini was found oh. smashed into a 
yep. medium or something, yep. and there, he was nowhere to be found. <laughs> yeah, he was a problem child. A lot of people have forgotten that Lance Briggs was, and and Roquan Smith has has had some issues too, starting when his playbook uh, was stolen from his car, and you know, hanging out with porn stars and video being taken of that and stuff. Hey, smokehouse. Yeah, your young man stuff happens. Uh, you know, Dick Butkus and Mike Ditka used to go around uh, carousing around town, and Lord knows what the hell they were doing. But George Hallis knew what 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 uh, they were doing, but he forgave them because they were outstanding quality players. So that's probably going to be be the deal with Roquan. My only concern right now is if he misses all of camp and then he suits up for game one. I've seen it so many times. Guys that don't practice during the preseason, during camp, they come in and they get soft tissue injuries. Or a hamstring, yep. Yeah, it just ruins their season. So um, so that's a concern for me. But hopefully it'll get all uh, worked out. Uh, somebody on the radio said today, hopefully uh, uh, Cliff Stein is on the plane, Roquan is on the plane, Ryan Poles is on the plane. They're all in one aisle. And by the time the, the plane lands in Seattle – uh, they're, they've got a contract signed or a handshake agreement on something. All right, let's move on to a number three. Six is generally the magic number for wide receivers on a game day roster. The Bears will clearly have Darnell Mooney, Equinemius St. Brown, Byron Pringle, and Valus Jones suited up for just about every game. That leaves two roster spots. From this group of wide receivers, tell me who are the two and why. Isaiah Coulter, Chris Finke, David Moore, Daz Newsom, Dante Pettis, Nasimbo Webster, Kevin Shaw, and Tajay Sharp. Swift, this time you begin and you've got 60 seconds. Go. Well, that's not me on that's, the screen. That's, that's not Swift. <laughs> uh, let's do this again. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, let me, let me um, clock back to 60. Hold on a second. No, you're good. You're good. Operator error. We're blaming all though. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would go with right now out of the names that you have on the list, I would go with Tajay Sharp. And then the last spot would be between either Daz Newsome or Dante Pettis. Both guys have punt return capabilities and can excel out of the slot. Usually the last roster spot goes to a special teams guy, but I could see Daz Newsome or Dante Pettis taking it. Isaiah Coulter is kind of the name on the list that fans aren't really hyped about, but he's the special team guy that the coaching staff really seems to like. So you can't rule him out either. And then the wild card that's not on there is Nikhil Harry. I think he could be a factor once he gets healthy. It'll be interesting to see what kind of decisions this coaching staff makes. If I had to pick two guys right now, though, based on what they've done in camp and preseason, I'm going Tajay Sharp and Daz Newsome. Eberflus said today, nobody works harder than Daz, so you can't rule him out. All right, Mr. Shirley, you're up. Fuck you, Swifty. <laughs> <laughs> Just take what he said and put that in for my words. I, mean, I, I had to say, Tajay, you're asking about you're asking this question after one preseason game, right? So based on the one preseason game, I'm going to have to say it's Tajay Sharp and Daz Newsom as well, mm-hmm. for many of the same reasons that uh, Swifty said. And also, the first thing I was going to start off with, sometimes they do keep seven receivers. So. I think they're going to keep Tajay. I think they're going to keep Dez. 
And I think they're going to end up probably putting Nikhil Harry on the IR or possibly the pup. Mm-hmm. Kind of see what happens when he comes back. I don't think that he wants to get burned for that seventh round draft pick, even though it is two years from now. Um, I, I just think he doesn't want to look bad again for that. Uh, like Cole's meeting. So, yeah, I, Tajay Sharp, Daz Newsom, and Nikhil Harry is pr- probably on IR. That's. I'm sorry. I, I can't disagree with you. You you guys are like brothers, man. Uh, <laughs> let me let me ask you this about Daz because I do have a concern about him. You know, even the touchdown that he caught, he wasn't a clear catch. In fact, he was almost out of bounds by the time he secured that ball. So he has had some possession issues. He's a guy to me that is practice squad eligible. I'm not sure he should be on the 53 to start the season. I would rather go with some of the veterans on that list. Um, But there's no doubt that you guys are right, that Daz has probably outperformed everyone except Tajay. Now, Tajay got a late start to camp, but what he did on – uh, on Saturday was was incredible. Swift, do you have any concerns regarding Daz's hands? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he muffed a punt and he dropped a pass, um, had another one go through his hands. There's some questions there, and I think Dante Pettis could easily beat him out on the roster spot. Um, Daz is a fan favorite, though. The you know the guys on Twitter and everybody everybody loves Daz, and he's a guy who has the personality. And you got the coach saying. He, nobody works harder than him. So that's a guy I root for. Personally, I think, yeah, Dante Pettis could take that spot. And I think Isaiah Coulter, too. They actually had him working with the first team. Not a huge fan of his wide receiver skills, but he's a guy who fills all those needs on special teams. And a lot of times that's what coaches use that roster spot for anyway. Mm-hmm. Mr. Shorty, I saw you kind of agreeing with me regarding his hands. You want to add yeah. to that? Yeah, I was worried as hell he was going to drop that touchdown pass. I mean, it was so wide open. It was like you saw him kind of catching on his shoulder, right? He was like, oh, God, he mm-hmm. thought he was going to drop it. Um, and then he did muff that pump. So, But I, I, I like his quickness. His The reason why I chose Daz, to be honest, was because I, I thought that he could be moved to the practice squad if they decide to bring Nikhil Harry up from – the pup or the IR list, whatever they decide to put him on when the season starts, because I'm sure he's not going to be back by game one. So if they put him on IR, they'll 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 gain a few games with Daz to see what they have, right? Mm-hmm. And if Daz is if Daz is performing well, then they'll keep him on the team, and maybe they'll. I mean, can they put Nikhil Harry on? The, they would lose him if they put him on the practice squad, but even if he was eligible, but yeah, I, I don't think I just, he's eligible anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I don't know. That's a tricky question because the, the of the wild card being, I mean, it's they could keep seven seven receivers. It's happened before, right? Yes, indeed. It kind of depends if we keep a, keep a third quarterback or not. Maybe. No, we're mm-hmm. not keeping third quarterback. <laughs> no, I, I hope it's. I hope not. Not that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here is um, Luke Getzky talking about uh, Tajay Sharp and his performance on Saturday. We had that conversation the other day. You know, he made a critical error in practice, and I'm, and we, we, you know, like guys, hey, this is your chance with these guys being out. This is your opportunity to make some plays, and he took a, took advantage of that. And uh, you know, I was impressed that he was able. I mean, that was a heck of a catch he made on the sideline, had to get his feet in, and then you know to make another nice grab going down the field on that uh, uh, coming out of that uh, from a backed up situation. So that was awesome. Yeah, I was really proud of uh, Tajay and how he stepped up. 
I love Tajay's talent, but you know, that is there is an indication as to why Tajay Sharp was available as a free agent. You got to remind him that this is an opportunity to play in the NFL, to right. play in front of tens of thousands of fans, to in front of millions on national TV, to use your great athletic skills, to be a hero for a football team. You got to remind them, you know, a lot of those guys on that list have come from backgrounds where something happened. And it's usually here because as you saw, Tajay Sharp has the skills. Greg Gabriel was, was, Creaming and his parents talking about Tajay and what he could possibly do for the Chicago Bears. Swift, do you have any concerns about any of the, all these players, these kind of bottom-of-the-barrel guys that Polzis had to sign? Um, it's, it's more about which one is going to be the guy that breaks out. And obviously, so far, it's been Tajay Sharp. Um, earlier in camp, it was I believe Dante Pettis was having a bigger time than him. Nikhil mm-hmm. Harry was obviously the favorite after we traded him because he's the guy who has the size and he's built like, you know, like a Greek God. I mean, he's a guy who you throw him the ball up in the red zone and you just hope he goes up and gets it. And you want a guy like that on your team. So I think we're all rooting for Nikhil Harry to make it. I think with as far as like those concerns, um, Dante Pettis was the same. He was a guy who he came in and he tore the league up. And then the story with him was, Oh, he wants to do a reality show because his dad was a professional baseball player and his brothers had some time, you know, in the league or something. And so he's another guy is his head in it. And that's Tajay Sharp, too. And I think the coaches are going to do a really good job of motivating these guys and judge both Tajay and Dante Pettis both made catches in that game. So that that to me is the coaching staff is motivating these guys. And even though they have to remind them, like you said, at that point was killer, like you shouldn't have to remind these guys. And maybe our coaches before weren't like, I don't think Nagy was out there like, Hey, slapping. So he was just like, Hey, be you just be you, you know? And I mean, th- th- this coaching staff gets it. And that's the biggest point for me. Great point. Mr. Shorty, you want to uh, add anything to this bottom of the barrel uh, group of wide receivers we have? I do. What's the most common thread between the bottom of the barrel wide receivers that we signed? Um, they're all hungry to win. They're all. Uh... Did they all have shitty quarterbacks? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So you can't really judge Except for ESP. A Tajay Sharp or a Dante Pettis. You know, Dante Pettis coming from Daniel Jones throwing them the ball. Uh, can someone remind me where Tajay Sharp came from? Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Okay, quarterback. But, you know, the common thread is a quarterback. We all know that. So if you, you, you remove them from the uh, a shitty quarterback situation and you put them on a team with a quarterback who could potentially be a superstar in the making, uh, the, the quarterback is the, is the extra element that helps to develop a, quarter, or a wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. It takes the quarterback and the wide receiver. If you have a shitty quarterback, you're not, we've all seen it a million times in Chicago. How, why, don't we, why, why don't we? They go hand in hand, right? Why don't we have any great wide receivers in our history? Because we don't have any great quarterbacks. That would be true. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, all of these guys could easily turn shit around on, on, on a team that has a, a qualified, bona fide quarterback. Mm, indeed. And I also believe that it's very, very likely we might see a wide receiver added during those final cut, cut downs and a, a, a guy that they will value over any of those guys on that list that I presented to you. There's a very good chance of that. There's going to be some quality guys uh, out on the street. So we'll, we'll 
definitely keep an eye on that. But uh, I, I was all for the Nikhil Harry trade. Uh, Greg Gabriel wasn't so much for it because he said he's going to be cut anyway. But my point was, well, he but he's in camp now and he can learn the, the offense and he can establish a rapport with his quarterback and stuff. And so that's my biggest concern on whoever we pick up, that there's not going to be that chemistry with Justin Fields. And I'd love to see him ha- extend that chemistry that he has with Darnell Mooney to some of the other wide receivers. Guys, speaking of Justin Fields, it is time for our Justin Fields question. Here it comes. Justin Fields' stat line Saturday was not impressive, but we're all smart enough to know that the numbers are not an indicator of his progression. Much more indicative was the small things that sometimes go unnoticed. On the throw and catch from Justin Fields to wide receiver Tajay Sharp, former Bears offensive lineman Olin Krutz pointed something out that might have escaped many. I read, throw and catch were great, but Fields recognizing the blitz pre-snap, adjusting the protection, and bringing Chase Allen into block while signaling to Sharp is what taking the next step is all about. Quarterback number one job makes his teammates better on this play. This, of course, is an excellent example of Fields' progression. Let's pull out our hope scale and tell me how hopeful you are that Fields will absolutely become the franchise quarterback Bears fans deserve and tell me why. Hope scale, one, very hopeful, two, somewhat hopeful, three, very little hope, or four, no hope. Mr. Shorty, I hope you're ready to go. Well, the first thing I would say is there's not enough categories on there because I would say that he is... You should add another category that would be incredibly hopeful. Oh, nice. Or, or how about orgas? Orgasmically hopeful. Wait, who are we talking? Oh, Justin Fields? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, it's kind of like after you're done jerking off to porn, you got to put that shit away, you know, and just pretend that never happened. Uh, okay. No, it, it fields. I'm glad that that Olin Krutz pointed that out in the beginning because because that's the first thing I noticed on that play too. He 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 saw the alignment. He 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 called the shift and he got he, a completion on the play. Justin Fields, for all the reasons that Swifty and I can agree on, is he's because he's a superstar in the making, and I don't understand why anyone can't see it. Just pay attention to the little things like Olin's saying. <laughs> this is easy for me. I think Justin Fields will not only become a franchise quarterback, but he's easily the most talented quarterback prospect we've ever had. I did an entire hour-long video on this guy. He has legit every skill you could ever want. He's built for this. The number one stat that doesn't get talked about enough with Fields is just how smart he is. 16,000 players have taken the mental aptitude test when preparing for the NFL draft. He scored the highest of all time. His ability to process information is next level. He has the arm strength, pinpoint accuracy, next level athleticism. He can do it all. I'm not saying he can't do it all on his own. He needs help, but if you add it all up, he has the makings of a legit NFL superstar. It's up to the coaches and front office to develop him, but I'm 100% confident he has everything you want in a player and leader of the franchise, and I have no doubt in my mind he will become the franchise quarterback that we deserve. It's so good to be young like you guys are. 
you know, because you guys haven't lived through all the failed quarterbacks like I have. Oh, Who do you think I am? You must be in your mid-30s, early 30s. I'm 47, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I, I'm 10 years old and 85. That's what got me. So I've I seen that. I've seen problems. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, I, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. But there is that strain of doubt. There is that strain of, oh, man, something terrible is going to happen. There is that strain of, I've seen this happen before. And the one thing that worries me are when he makes mistakes, everybody talks about, first of all, how smart he is and he doesn't make mistakes a second or third time, but we've seen him make mistakes a second or third time. We've seen him, uh, you know, the, the, being so smart that he still though doesn't know how to slide. Um, I get it. He was coached by Matt Nagy last season. He didn't have a preseason and so forth. So that kind of, you know, weighs that out, but it still makes me nervous, guys. Please talk me off this ledge. Well, the sliding thing—that's that's his baseball background. I mean, that's mm -hmm. something that that's going to be coached out of. Him. Obviously, that's something that Nagy overlooked. That's probably the first time that Getsy's seen him slide like that. So Getsy probably has already said something to him like, "Yo, don't jump slide." I, I don't know what you were doing exactly there, but yeah. Um, as far as making the same mistakes multiple times, I mean, he's technically still a rookie. He hasn't he's only played 10 games and he was unprepared last year. So this is to me, this is still like his rookie season. You have to coach not only teach him what Luke gets he wants and teach him all the things they've worked on his footwork, his throwing motion. You've seen the biggest thing I saw on that throw to Tajay Sharp was how quick he released the ball and he was getting hit in the face. That's a throw where if he had that same hitch in his arm last year, that's probably a forced fumble and in the end zone. So he, he just he hasn't had a lot of time so far to work on those things, but the amount of things he has worked on and improved upon, that gives me more hope than I've ever had in my life. And obviously, probably yours too, Aldo. That's what I'm saying. You've seen more bad quarterbacks than me. Ooh, man. <laughs> I've seen I've seen more than a life's worth on my own. So I've seen fat quarterbacks <laughs> at, for, for, for the Bears. Kent Nix. He's like, what a, what is this fat guy doing playing quarterback? It's like ridiculous. Let's listen to Luke Getze. He uh, he reviewed Justin Fields' performance. I think you guys will find this interesting. You got to see a little bit of everything of what we've been working on. And then you got to see a little piece of the athleticism that he can make up the difference when when something's not right. So I thought uh you know, it was a it was a strong start for him, but not a, not not where he needs to be. I mean, there's some uh, we got to clean up our footwork, and it was a couple couple of those guys. You know, all three of them really, uh, as far as timing and rhythm, they were off a little bit. I think they were just a little the juices were flowing a little bit, so we got to clean up their feet. Shorty, it doesn't worry you that he's still having issues with the footwork. No, because it was his first game. I mean, he he's he's ha he's trying to retrain his footwork from, you know. What high school on to the now his second year in the pros? It's, uh, it's it was his first preseason game. To what Getsy was saying, you know, probably had a little uh, game jitters, and you know, you're, you're probably thinking about that stuff too much because he's been working on it, you know. Um, but, it, but for all, like Swift has done, from the moment that we, my my, my buddy kept telling me, dude, there's this quarterback you got to go see. He's like an hour from you. You got to go see him. He's in high school. He's like the number one, number two recruit. I never went and saw him. I never thought the Bears would get him. Then they drafted him. And from the moment that they that they got him, I did. 
I, I dove into all of his film. He's got so many documentaries all over YouTube. I spent months just doing nothing but covering just everything Justin Fields I could possibly find. And like he was saying, like Swift saying, he has definitely cleaned up his throwing motion. It was a worry for me last year. You are seeing it. You are seeing the footwork getting cleaned up. That stuff's going to take a little bit of time. You're going to you're going to need this preseason to work that out, and that's what the preseason is for. And I like to ask you, Eldo, because one of the things that I noticed about Justin Fields was that he didn't make the same. So now we can now we disagree. I didn't see I I I I noticed from the beginning that he seemed to not make the same mistake twice. Do you have an example? Um, carrying the ball. I mean, the fumbles last year were atrocious. And I would think that a guy who is as smart as he is, and it's undeniable that he's very, very smart, would know how to take care of the ball better at that precious quarterback position. So that was one of the things that bothered me about his play last season that I didn't expect. You know, after his first fumble, I said, well, he got that out of the way. Won't see that again. And then, Yeah, I'll well, give you that. Yeah. Well, to me, <laughs> I think the, that was and, more and of a thing of he wasn't he wasn't prepared. I mean, he was always getting hit before he was ready. It was a thing where that was on the coaches. They didn't prepare him to play. He didn't get the time with the ones in the training camp. So even when he did get in there week two, which it, to me, this is the biggest fell safe for the whole season. If he fields is better than Dalton. So if he's ready to play, he should be starting. If he's not ready to play, then he should be your third string quarterback. There's no way you start Great the point. season with him as your second string quarterback mm-hmm. and then not prepare him to play, which is what they did. And then, of course, the worst case scenario happens. He's on the field immediately week two. He only had one week to set and watch. And then he's getting sacked nine times the next week. And he Nagy is not preparing him to play. And that caused some of that. Obviously, he's he's nervous. The games, he's getting hit from all these angles. He's not ready to. That caused some ball security issues, but he never really had those issues in college or high school. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's something I guarantee he worked on this year. We'll see this year how it plays out. If he continues fumbling all season long, maybe we have to worry about that as an issue and something he really needs to work on. But right now, I'm not too worried about it. And Mr. Shorty uh, gets, he said something interesting. It was a good question by one of the reporters about how how do you uh, get fields to correct some of these mistakes? You know, uh, and gets, he said, well, you got to remember in college, he had tons of time to throw the ball. And so those blemishes in his game were easy to hide in the pro game. You don't have that kind of time. And so even a guy as talented and as smart and as skill set, it it could take a while to happen. And we saw it with every quarterback who was drafted the year fields came out. Uh, Even Mac Jones on one particular game, they had to, I think they only threw the ball one or two times in the Patriots game. Uh, Bill Belichick said, yeah, I'm not going to have him throw. He's, he's not ready, you know. Uh, so uh, in terms of progress compared to those guys, I like where Fields is, and I'm I'm hopeful. But, man, my, my background still has me um, a little bit scared. Guys, we are out of time. We've got the White Sox show, South Burbs Hitman coming up. I want to go around the horn. I want people to know the work that you're doing, where they can find you, because both of you guys are outstanding. I'll start with you, Swift. You can find Swift Sports Network on YouTube. Um, I'm always putting out daily Bears videos. Most of you guys have already seen me there. It's good to see you all. Uh, love this channel, man. Shout out to you all, though. Thanks for having me on, man. It was a Thank pleasure. You. 
and shorty man it was great talking to you man i'm sorry we agreed on everything we just we have similar mindsets man you know how it is smart good looking guys man that's the, that's the problem i should have picked one ugly guy one ugly. <laughs> <laughs> uh swifty thank you uh it was it's been great meeting you and talking with you today it's uh really um i can't wait to you know further along in our relationship because you're I, I really do in, enjoy your content and um it's nice to um talk with you face to face so that now you know who i am so maybe we can move forward you know um uh you're, you can find me at bears country podcast with my co-host nomad who's in chat here mm -hmm. um we're actually going to be coming up at 9 30 eastern time uh after this so we're going to be doing our own show again in about a half an hour uh you can catch us there we're going to be doing a live live show uh, we try to do every Monday night as of now at 8, at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We had to move it a little bit for this show. But uh, once the season starts, we're going to have to try to figure that out because I don't want to mess around with Monday night football. I don't want to mess around with Thursday night football. Uh, so, yeah. we're and Plus, whenever something – we get a wild hair up our ass about something, if there's breaking news on something, we just might come out and just do a quick pod just to get it out there and, and just get some content out there for the viewers. So um, I want to thank you, Aldo. It's been – awesome to come on here with you i hope you invite me again because this has been a, an absolute blast Ho hopefully not with swifty because we just uh we could do our own fucking podcast together because we agree on, on everything so you know it's uh next time maybe we'll have a little bit more argument you know get get hey, an ugly you know, guy I, i'll get don burr on here yeah <laughs> <laughs> there we go <laughs> an ugly guy and he's stupid too because he's a lion oh <laughs> man <laughs> Love you, Don Burr. All right, everybody. Stay tuned now for South Burbs Hitman. And then tomorrow, uh, right after practice, it'll be Greg Gabriel and myself will get his thoughts on the Bears preseason game. And he might have some uh, information for us on this whole Roquan Smith. So I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. Hope you join us live. If not, all of this programming is available on demand. Just subscribe to the Barroom Network YouTube channel or subscribe to our audio podcast. You can find that anywhere, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. For Swift, for Mr. Shorty, for everybody in the chat room, thank you very much. We'll see you soon. Bear down. <laughs>